This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon and I'm here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing great, Sunshine. How are you doing? I'm doing great too. Good. It's a great Monday. (laughs) Yeah, it is Monday, isn't it? I'm losing track of days and time. Um, I'm in retirement mode right now (laughs) and it's feeling amazing. I haven't done this ever. Yeah. Um, So today's a Monday, but it could be any day for me. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, so we missed last week. <laughs> yeah. Life is crazy. And, um, Life is crazy. So we're sorry we missed you, but we're glad you're here. Yeah. For our fans that don't know, I'm getting a divorce and opening a business at the same time. Boom. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> yep. Life is real for us, yeah. and we struggle, and we need time to focus on ourselves too as everybody does and sometimes you need a breather and that's what we did yeah so now we're back we're back in action yeah and we have our convention this weekend correct yes we're really excited about it it is friday in champaign illinois um i believe it's at it starts at four Mm -hmm. until 10 and then it's Saturday as well. So if you are not busy, if you love us, if you want to see our faces, um, come on down. Yeah, come see us. Come say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a bit of true crime news. Okay. What you got? Uh, the owner of Munchie's Pizzeria <laughs> in Appleton. If you guys have ever gone, it's a great place to get a pizza when you're drunk as fuck. <laughs> um... But the owner has been indicted in federal court for many tax laws violations. Mm -hmm. So nothing like, nothing in our realm really, but I mean, it is Uh, true crime related, I guess. Yeah. Um, So he used the business money and moved it into his personal account, which is a big no-no if you have a business. Mm -hmm. Um, He falsified individual tax returns and he failed to collect and submit payroll taxes as well. And if one thing is for sure, the IRS will get their motherfucking money. Yeah, the IRS is not playing. No. If anything's certain, I forget what movie this is from, but if anything's <laughs> certain is death and taxes. Yeah. So. Do you got anything? Um, only news that I saw was the shoot Appleton police shot an armed suspect the other day during a domestic disturbance. Right. I saw all of the police fly by, so I thought there was probably a shooting because mm-hmm. they flew by here Saturday. Oh. Is it Saturday? Friday. I can't... I don't know my days. Uh, yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask now. <laughs> yeah. They all flew by. Like, Friday. Every cop in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friday. During the opening. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I saw them all go by and I'm like, hmm, there's some kind of shooting going on. They haven't released any information about names or anything. They just said that the suspect was armed. 
So we'll see when more information comes to light. Right. Yep. So we'll keep you updated with that. And let's、mm-hmm. plug what's happening with you in the studio. Let's talk about that for a little bit so that our audience is aware. Okay. So I'm opening Captivation Creative Studio. The front is going to have a little, well, it does have a little retail、mm-hmm. space where there's art and crystals and incense. Local artists. Yep. Local artists.、Um, you know, witchy stuff, sage,、mm-hmm. incense.、Mm-hmm. So, like a nice little chill area to sit and relax. Yeah. Have a coffee and just poke around. Yeah. And then、um, there's going to be a photography studio, which opens on August 23rd. I'll be doing mini shoots that day if people want to come in and get a couple quick pictures done. Yeah. And then, it's going to、yeah. be great for、uh, sc- the school years coming up.、Yeah. Um, what else do people get pictures for? <laughs> I've had people asking a lot about couples' pictures. Yes. And I'm also interested in that too. So that's、yeah. a- definitely something that is very popular right now. Yeah, everyone's like, I'm in love. I want to be in love. Yeah. Can you take pictures of me being in love? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, definitely can.、Mm-hmm. I want to do these queen photo shoots、oh, that I、yeah. saw on TikTok.、Mm-hmm. And then, That'd be fun. Know, we're just a couple weeks, weeks away from spooky season. So、oh, there's、yeah. got to be some spooky season photo shoots going on. Yes, there has to be. Yeah. So if you guys. Like taking pictures as much as I do,、mm-hmm. come on down. Yeah. And if you want to take your own pictures, I'm going to have it all set up that you can do that as well. Because、mm-hmm. you have like different backgrounds that people、yeah. can choose from, and、um, you have like different、um, props, I'm sure. Yep. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I think I have five or six backgrounds set up right now for the opening. Nice. Yeah. Variety. Love to meet you guys. Yeah. And, you know,、uh, support small businesses.、Mm-hmm. This is、um, in your community. And、um, it's important to support so that people can thrive and、um, big corporations don't stomp us out. Yeah. And there's also space if I have any local photographers that don't have studio space, definitely、Ooh. let me know and I can rent out my space for that as well. Good、yeah. call. Yeah. All right. I believe. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs>、uh, I believe it's your turn. Okay. Let's see if I remember how to do this. <laughs> right. I, I walked in here. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> do we know how to record a podcast? <laughs> Today, I am telling the story of missing person Rosemary Bly. And my sources today are medium.com slash the mystery box and websleuths.com, wisconsinmissing.org, drydenwire.com, and of course the Charlie Project. So on August 21st, 2009, Rosemarie Bly disappeared from St. Croix, Croix Falls, Wisconsin. If you guys are not familiar, that's like by Minnesota,、okay. that part of Wisconsin. Rose is a white female. She was 21 years old at the time of her disappearance, and she was last seen wearing a white tank top, a green v neck sweater, blue jeans, and flip flop sandals. I feel like in 2009, we always had on some flip flop sandals. Yeah,、um, there's definitely like <laughs> a, a, a look to that era. It was the flip flops, the jeans. Um, the tank tops, yeah, the、um, layers, the, the layers, tank tops, the sweaters. Yep,、yeah. yep. Hoodies were always a thing. I don't know why, but they were. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, definitely a look that I remember. Yeah, I could totally picture it when I was writing it. Yep. She was last seen at her home in St. Croix Falls at approximately 7.30 p.m. on August 21st, 2009. She reportedly left home to go meet up with her cousin at a bar in Cushing, Wisconsin, which is approximately four miles away. She was driving her white 2001 Pontiac Grand Am with Wisconsin license plate number 535MAB. However, Rose never made it to meet her cousin. And her husband woke in the morning and he had expected her to be home by midnight. Mm-hmm. So he's like, uh, where's my wife? Right. So he grew concerned and reported her missing. And then five days later, her vehicle was located in Grantsburg in a public parking lot near the post office. And this parking lot was most generally used for semi-truck drivers to pull in and park. Okay, so nothing like people are going in and out of besides for a special special use. Yeah, it was just there for people to use, but it was in a pretty populated area of town. Okay. So you would think somebody would see something. Mm -hmm. I always wonder, like, how did nobody notice anything? But sometimes I'm oblivious, too. (laughs) Yeah, right. I also think that too, but I think that with everybody having their phones in their hands, they're always not looking up. They're rather looking down. So that could be a factor. And then some people may be like, oh, that was weird, but then like not doing anything about it. Right. So. So the car was left there undamaged, no sign of foul play, and the keys were missing. So it appeared like she just parked there and walked away. Oh, just always so crazy to me yeah um where somebody just disappears from their life and yeah just out of nowhere yeah and grantsburg where the car was found is about 26 miles north of st croix falls and it is rose's hometown that's where she went to school and where her mother still lives okay and right after So let's go into some history of Rose. Right after finishing high school, Rose became pregnant and she gave birth to a daughter with her then boyfriend, Christopher Larson. They would then soon add a second daughter to the family before marrying in February of 2009. The kids were nine and 19 months, nine months and 19 months when she went missing. So they really had them back to back. Mm hmm. Yeah. And. Despite getting married and having the children, their relationship was not all sunshine and roses, but really what young relationships are. Young yeah. relationships are so toxic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I would I would like to say that I am in a, the most healthy relationship that I have ever been in. And mm-hmm. we married pretty young. I was 23. Okay. You know, barely young. Yeah. Um, And we have had our share of problems. So any relationship can have disturbances no matter really good point how much love or anything like that so yeah cross the board yeah that is a really good point because no relationship is perfect no and especially young you you're not fully developed yet you don't Mm -hmm. have um unless you've gone through crazy things you don't have a lot of uh i guess history to build off of Um, life experiences, so you're you're still a baby. And your emotions are so intense. Yes. Yeah. I'm highly intense. <laughs> yeah. So intense. <laughs> so the couple had been fraught with problems, and both parties had been accused of being abusive to each other. Mm-hmm. 
So depending on who you ask, which is generally how it goes, right? Like his people are gonna say she was abusive, and her people say she or he was abusing her, right? So it was going back and forth. But at one time, it was bad enough that Rose was actually arrested and charged with domestic disorderly because of an incident with the two. Mm. So she was co- currently going through court for that mm-hmm. when she disappeared. Oh, wow. She had pleaded not guilty to the charges in July of 2009, just a month before her disappearance. And sometime that summer, Christopher had also filed for divorce. So they just got married in February. He had already filed for divorce that summer. Oh, wow. And then withdrew the petition for divorce. Okay. So it seems like probably not a lot of healthy coping going on. No. um, I'm not judging, though. No. Uh, but I do think that sometimes that divorce is thrown about, not in your case at all, because <laughs> you've been in a long-term relationship. Yeah, it's been 11 years. Yeah, so uh, this is not applicable to you, but it's like thrown just so willy-nilly. We almost got divorced the first year. But that's so common, though. That is so first common. First year is hard. Yeah. The, it's a lot of adjusting. They say the f- the first two years is the highest time that you offer a divorce. Because, obviously, if you haven't been living together, and then you move in, and then you're like, oh, he's a slob, or mm-hmm. she cooks weird things, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, then, you know, you really have insights of who these people are. Yeah. But, um... It's a lot of always being together. Yeah, and like merging finances and Mm -hmm. who's going to pay this and do this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's just so many little things that go into cohabitating with another human. Marriage is not for the weak. I'll say that. It's definitely not. Mm -hmm. You're good at it, though. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this I find very interesting. I don't know how to take this. So... Following her disappearance, Christopher once again filed for divorce. Okay. And for custody of their daughters. Which I I completely understand if she had just disappeared and she decided to come back three years later and pretend everything was fine. Right. He has to protect himself and his children. Yes. From a parental point of view, I totally get that. You don't want people coming in and out. No. All crazy. Right. However, the part that I found odd was that the petition was filed on September 10th. Mm-hmm. It's like a couple of weeks. She went missing on August 21st, and on September 10th, he already had an attorney and filed for divorce and custody of the kids. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, I'm not saying he did anything. Right. just like, you really were over this marriage, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. And then on March 12, 2010, the parties were granted a divorce despite Rose never attending a hearing. Basically, while they went through the proceedings, they just acted like Rose was refusing to participate. Hmm. Not like she was a missing person. Oh, okay. Right. So, like, she took it upon herself to just be like, I'm out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the way it's been portrayed. Right. She voluntarily disappeared. Right. Which, I mean, she could have. We have no idea. People do that. People do that. Um, Her family says she never would leave her children, but we never know what people are going through. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's that's so hard. Mm -hmm. So, because Rose never appeared, all property and custody of the children were granted to Christopher. 
The judge did say if she ever comes back that they can reevaluate the custody decision. Well, that's good. Yeah. It doesn't... It closes the door, but it leaves opportunity for her to be like, hey, I'm actually not dead. (laughs) Or... um, Can you imagine? Right. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck because that's very traumatic for the kids Mm because they have to go through any coping of mom left me or like something terrible has happened to mom or whatever. So that's Mm -hmm. terrible for them. Yeah. So prior to her disappearance, a couple days before on August 19th, Rose had told her mother that she wasn't feeling well. She had fallen off of a horse a few days before that and hit her head. Mm -hmm. So her mother thought it sounded like she had a concussion. She was nauseous, headache. Her mom said, yeah, you really need to go see a doctor because that's really concerning. Mm -hmm. Get checked out. Make sure you're okay. But we don't know if she ever did. Because she disappeared two days later before her mom talked to her about it further. So I think that goes into one of the theories about she could have wandered off. You know, like the oh. soap opera amnesia theory. Right, right. I mean, it is possible to lose your memory and not know who you are. But I would think it, in yep. a small town like that, somebody would be like, you're Rose. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, to abandon your car, I feel like even if you don't realize who you are, I mean, you would still keep your vehicle. And why would you drive 30 miles to your hometown to leave your vehicle? Yeah. If you didn't know who you were. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'm leaning towards that, but I... I don't think so either, but I want to throw it out there. Sure, sure. I want to throw out all the ideas. Yeah. So... Once they began investigating further, Rose's cousin said she wasn't aware of any plans for them to meet up. So Christopher Rose's husband had said Rose was on her way to the bar to meet up with her cousin. Mm -hmm. And her cousin was like, no. Oh. We never had any plans. So now the question is, is the cousin incorrect or... Did Rose use the cousin as a cover because right. she was going somewhere else and she had other plans mm-hmm. and she met her demise with someone else? Right. Or did Christopher lie? Right. And nobody knows. Um, yeah. And, like, there's no body. There's, there's nothing. nothing. So. She's still classified as a missing person. Right. They don't have any evidence of foul play or... You see in a lot of these cases, it'll start as a missing person and then they'll say, yeah, but we don't believe that she's alive. They're not saying that at all in this case. Right. So I don't believe they have any evidence to go with that. Well, then you have other family members that said Rose was going to be at a relative's birthday party right down the street from where she lived. So it's just like nobody knows where she was really supposed to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody talked to her. Nobody knows who she was with last besides Christopher before she left home. Right. So. It just seems like it points to him. Everything is a freaking question. Yeah. Yeah. But he has taken a polygraph test, which he passed. Okay. And the police said he has never been named as a suspect, but no one has been. No one has ever been named as a suspect. And hundreds of people have been interviewed and hundreds of leads have followed with nothing, nothing turning up. Right. Unless they're keeping it close to their chest. Right. 
it's possible that they know more than they're releasing, but they've gone as far as to make a video asking the public for help and Mm -hmm. going through the details of the case, which is on YouTube. So it's really hard to say. Yeah. And it blows my mind that people really just give me like, bye, honey. I'll be home in a little while. I'm just going to go hang out. Right. For a couple hours and Mm. then you're just gone. Gone. Yeah. And no one has any idea where you went. Right. Yeah. And then, in an even stranger turn of events, her sister's daughter, Summer Wells, went missing in Tennessee in 2021. Oh, God. And no one has found her, and there's no evidence in her case as to what happened to her either. In 2021? And the yeah. the age of technology, we are saying there is no no trace She's just a little kid. Right. She's four? Five. She's very young. Let me see. So people are like, what is the chances of two people going... She's six when she went missing from her home in Beach Creek, Tennessee, around 6.30 p.m. on June 15th, 2021. Yeah, to me, that is... Uh, I'm like, what are the chances? Yeah. However, this was in a different state, which is another layer of confusion. And Uh this is a completely different demographic. She's a Mm -hmm. child, uh, you know, and she was a woman. So there is, um, (laughs) just like different circumstances, but obviously very strange. Very strange. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how many families have two missing people in the same family. That's horrific. It is. I feel for all of their family Mm -hmm. and. The children and Christopher and everyone. Yeah, everybody. And I hope somebody knows something. Somebody has to. And if you do have any tips, please do not share them on social media. The Polk County Sheriff's Department would like all tips directly given to them. Yeah. To avoid speculation because there's been so much crazy speculation. I bet. People finding pictures of people they think look like her and being like, this is her. These people are just innocent people trying to live their lives. (laughs) Can you imagine? I'd be like, this is me. (laughs) Right? Can you imagine people just, like, find your picture and be like, you're that lady that went missing 10 years ago. And you're like, no. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, right? I have a whole ass life. That's not me. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. And then there is a chance that she did just leave. Yeah. Which is... I feel like something probably happened, though. That would be really terrible if she took it upon herself to just leave and make everybody wonder what had happened, especially for her kids. Like, her kids don't deserve that at all. Like, at least say, like, I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to be here anymore if you're going to dip out on your whole life. Leave a note. Leave a note. Leave something. Yeah. A video message. Yeah. So we know it was really you. Right. Yeah. That's true, too. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, good job. Thank you. Always giving us the missings. (laughs) I'm obsessed. Yeah, you are. Okay. We, I am uh, doing uh, the story on Peter Zimmer. Okay. I got my sources from Murderpedia, the Simonaholic. I think I said that wrong. Uh, Spiky TV, Murderpedia, I said that before, um, but there was two different articles, and W. Bay. So, Peter 
Zimmer was born on July 7th, 1968 in Mineral Point, Wisconsin. Are you familiar with Mineral Point? I've never heard of Mineral Point before. No, where is it? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I could quick look that up one second. Steven. Steven. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Jake that we need him to be our Steven, but that's not a good like name to call out. Jake. Yes. Not satisfying. <laughs> um, so it's in Iowa County, Wisconsin. Uh, I've never. <laughs> I didn't know there was. An yeah, Iowa no, County, I was Wisconsin. like, oh, um, it's kind of by Madison. Now that I'm looking at it, okay. So, for you guys that don't know where Mineral Point is, um, so he had a younger brother named Perry. So it's Perry and Peter. Um, both Perry and Peter were adopted as infants by parents Hans and Sally Zimmer. They were being raised in a farmhouse tucked between farm fields on an isolated county road. Um, so really the idyllic Wisconsin upbringing a child could ask for as far as being adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a bunch of land to go play on. Um, they had a responsible parents, um, so pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so not much was revealed about his biological parents or their background, um, as far as their upbringing before they were put into the foster system. However, on May 23rd, 1983, everything was changed for the worst. On May 23rd, police officials received a tip uh, and concerns from the community about the family's well-being. So there was a few things that uh, raised some red flags. They didn't release on what they were, but they did receive calls and tips about it. So okay. that was weird. Um, so they went to do a wellness check and walked into just a terrible scene. So upon surveying the estate, like I said, this is farmland, so there's a lot of space here. Mm-hmm. Um, officials came to the conclusion that everyone in the household was evidently murdered. Oh, wow. Everyone except one person. And that person was 14-year-old Peter Zimmer. So Peter and the second family car were in the wind, and then investigators' suspicion only grew from there. They're like, okay, so everybody here is dead. Right. The the car that is supposed to be here, you know, 14-year-olds is not supposed to have possession of this car, is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, something's up. Um, so, upon examining the bodies, 48-year-old Hans was ruled as a homicide. The cause of death was by gunshots. His adoptive 44-year-old mother, Sally, was ruled as a homicide as well. She was stabbed 14 times and even stabbed through her skull, her brain, her face, and her lung. Oh, wow. And a rosary was placed on her brutally murdered body as well. Lastly, 10-year-old Perry, Peter's biological brother, was also a victim of this horrendous crime and was ruled as a homicide. He was stabbed 25 times in the heart, the face, and... And his lung and showed clear signs of a struggle. Uh, there was a photo evidence taken of Perry's body being dragged from one room to the next as smears of blood were left on the carpet and on the door frame. Oh my goodness. So clearly he fought for his life against right. his own brother, which is horrific. Mm-hmm. So police officials were certain that Peter was the person behind this family massacre. And so the search was you know, quickly underway. 
and then he was arrested. And then when police officials sat down with Peter in order to get to the bottom of what happened, Peter explained that the answers were pretty simple. Um, Peter reacted and snapped after countless times of physical abuse at from what he endured from his father's hands. Uh, he resented his adoptive mother for never stepping in and protecting him. And he was jealous of his brother for being doted on and for being the favorite child. Hmm. Um, there were no child abuse reports or CPS accounts. And there wasn't any like rumors indicating that there was something going on. Not saying that that is, that doesn't happen. Right. Um, but I just wanted to put it out there that there was nothing documenting that there was anything going on behind closed doors. Okay. Um, so what had happened to a child that committed a family massacre, you might be wondering. Mm-hmm. Well, for this small town white young male, he was sent to Ethan Allen School for Boys Juvenile Detention Facility in Delafield, Wisconsin. But instead of learning how to be reformed or how to use good coping skills, what to do in extreme situations and identifying what his triggers were and focusing on that, he met Belinda, a 19-year-old volunteer at the detention facility. Their friendship grew into a romantic relationship, and then they had a daughter together while he was imprisoned. imprisoned. I say that with air buddies. Wow. Their daughter did not know of her father's past until she was much older when they reconnected later in life. He was there for four years and then released in 1987. But Peter's life and chaos did not stop there. It was just the beginning of his life. So, ironically and horribly enough, Peter became a trust fund kid. So, he inherited his adoptive parents' estate that was estimated to be worth near $200,000. So, he sought claim to the life estate of the victims he brutally murdered, which, how is that legally and ethically fair in any sense? It shouldn't be. After he collected his inheritance, he changed his name to Jovan, a.k.a. Joe Collier, and he started a new life under that that new name. He moved out of Wisconsin and bounced from state to state, staying out of the spotlight in order to get new traction. But that all changed in 2009. If you are a terrible person at heart that is able to murder and in result of the the murders, you profit from it, you kind of never were rehabilitated. Mm -hmm. So how do you start a new life based off of that? I can't. So, not to say that if he really wanted to be reformed, like, went to therapy and maybe was on some sort of medication and changed his lifestyle, that he couldn't be a good person, but he didn't ever get that opportunity. Or maybe he did, but he kind of shit on it. Right. But he never... um, So, then he met a woman in Florida after he moved from Indiana in 2005 by the name of Candy Williams. Uh, But he did leave a whole life behind in indiana so he got married to a woman and named uh, by the name of leah and fathered a son with her however just like uh belinda and his daughter he quickly abandoned them as well Hmm. so not only that he also filed for bankruptcy for a business that was failing so he basically was like yeah i'm done with this life that i created here um 
even though it had repercussions of, you know, having a kid. Yeah. He up and left, and then he met Candy, who was a school teacher on the beach and was immediately love struck. They were so in love that three months into them dating, she moved in and they started planning their future together, and they even planned on getting married. Candy stated, it was a whirlwind. We hit it off that day. It was really quick. He was very charming, a smooth talker, sweet. His relationship exploded as Candy found out that Peter was cheating on her and that he hid his true identity from her all along all along with all of the skeletons in his closet. Could figuratively. You and, yeah. Yeah. So not only do you find out that the person that you're three months, dude, (laughs) um, the person that you're planning a life with is not who he says he is, is a cheater and is a murderer. Right. In the beginning of their relationship, he stated to her that his parents had been killed in a tragic car accident by drunk drivers and that he had always felt like he had something missing. (laughs) She also found out that he was, in fact, not divorced and was still married, still visiting his wife and kids in Indiana, and still trying to re- to reconcile his marriage with Leah. Oh, wow. He was then... So, she basically found out that she was the other woman, yeah. essentially. Right. But to her, I mean, she was the other woman. Right. He was then back in the spotlight and, be- and back in some legal troubles. He... His whole life became exposed and his true nature was you know eventually exposed too right he was obsessed with the women he became involved with including candy peter stalked candy in person and online along uh, with harassing her and sending her threatening emails due to him or her leaving him here is an expert of a letter he had sent to her Quote, I hope your world caves in. I hope all your pets die. I hope the house falls down while you are in it. I hope you get into a physically altering car crash. End quote. Wow. Charming. Yeah. (laughs) He also put her information up on an adult solicitation website in order to make her look bad and for her to get harassed by other people. And I really don't know why people sit down and think that this is an okay thing to do. I don't know. I don't think he thinks a lot. (laughs) It's not commonsensical whatsoever. No. Um, So he posted her home address. Oh, my God. To which men who oftentimes showed up and knocked on the door. Oh, my God. Candy was so fearful of these random men and her ex that she barely slept and was so vigilantly watching the doors just in case someone broke in because of what he did as posting that she was available. He even threatened her out in public with a knife and then she filed a restraining order against him at that time because she was like he's just getting worse and worse at this you know like this is not getting any better yeah he sent her unwelcome things to her work and home like flowers and sex toys but what really nailed him and is the fact that he sent candy a dead piglet to her oh my god whether it was to threaten her disturb her or whatever it was just flat out sick yes in Peter's mind, he only sent the dead piglet to Candy as she was a teacher and he wanted to help her students prepare for a science fair project. <laughs> That's what he claimed. Oh, God. This is a direct quote. I sent that on to her out of the kindness of my heart for the benefits of her kids. 
Everything I do with good intentions gets turned into an evil thing. <laughs> Maybe you don't know what good intentions are. No. On May 10th, 2010, Peter pleaded guilty to aggravated stalking and was served a light sentence of three and a half years as part of a plea deal. ABC News interviewed Peter while incarcerated, and he stated, I honestly had abandonment issues my entire life, and I never felt like I was a part of anything as his excuse for why he acted the way he did. Oh. Um, so, because you cannot be a victim and then send candy the following, he stated, quote, what comes around goes around, so just remember that. You took my life from me, and I'm very lost and angry at you for that. I am here in in St. Pete and hope to hell I run into you. You mess me over, and I will pay you back, your rep, your job, all of it. Wow. He, however, was released in early 2012 anyway, so he didn't even serve the short sentence that he had. So, let's talk about his biological mother for a second here. Interestingly enough, Peter's birth mother found him after years of tracking him down, and then a DNA test uh, confirmed that they had their biological relationship. His mother was a realtor in Atlanta, well-respected, and a contributing member of society, and he painted the same picture to her as well about him. However, his bio mom's husband had his internal red flags just going off. (laughs) He's like, no. I don't know about this guy. No. So he hired a private investigator to look into Peter and basically uncovered the truth. After learning about her son, she once again abandoned Peter and cut off all communication with him. Yeah. Murdering your whole family is kind of hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, So you may be thinking, okay, this creep must now understand that you simply do not do these kinds of things, that he learned his lesson and that he you know, could restructure his life. Um, but you would be wrong. <laughs> Peter moved to Waco, Texas and was arrested in July 2014. He was arrested for harassing his ex fiance as she had called off their engagement again for the same reason Candy did. She learned about Peter's past and was like, I got to get out of here. Right. After being arrested, he posted his $150,000 bond and then pleaded guilty to three counts of uh, harassment. So he was sentenced to time served. Oh. And then made a statement that he would be starting fresh in San San Diego, California. But I I have a strong feeling that his extremely dangerous, you know, behaviors are not going to just stay out of the spotlight forever. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. And think about it, like, people serve more time for possession of illegal substances than a man who murdered three people, stalked, Mm -hmm. harassed, threatened, and emotionally abused countless others. Mm -hmm. Truly vile behaviors are being treated less severely as someone who gets incarcerated for weed on them. So think about that. People serve more time for possession of illegal substances than a man who murdered three people stalked, harassed, and threatened, and emotionally abused countless others. Right. And who knows where he got this piglet from? Let's let's not forget about this piglet. I know. I was imagining a little teeny tiny cute little Little piglet. Yeah. And, like, that's... I... That sucks that he killed a piglet on top of this mess, but he he did. So it's insane. It's it's truly shameful. What would you do if you got a piglet in the mail? 
I would, I'd first cry. Porch, or... I would, I'd first cry because that's horrendous and I right. love animals and I love pigs. Yeah. But then, I don't know. I shouldn't say what I want to do on the air. <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah. So that is the story of Peter Zimmer and his psychotic ways. And, uh, and you know what? The brave story of Candy Williams because. Yeah. She saw the red flags and she got out as soon as she could and yeah. she stuck by it. Yeah, good for her because it's not easy to do. Mm-mm. All right. All right. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.